Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blutville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We continue our study in the Gospel according to John, and we are in chapter 11. This chapter gives us the perspective of truth and miracles when it relates to Jesus the Christ, the very Son of God, God the Son. We see in this portion of John's writing the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Now, we've not gotten to that part of the scripture yet, but we're on our way there. We've covered the fact that Jesus Christ waited until four days had passed from the time that he had learned of the illness, and the death of Lazarus then happened before he got there, four days, in fact, Lazarus had been in the grave. And he did that so that God's power would be seen. He was quizzed by Martha as she came running to him. And uh, basically, Martha made the comment, uh, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus asked her, do you, uh, do you believe me? Martha said unto Jesus, If thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Verse 22, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And the continuation of that conversation is... Uh, amazing to me. Jesus told her, thy brother shall rise again. Of course, this was going to happen in just a matter of minutes from this conversation. But Martha was thinking about the future. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Then the important part of the conversation, verses 25, 26, and 27, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And this is the important question, not only for Martha, not only for Mary, and not only for those that would be standing around later and seeing the miracle, but this is the question for each one of us. Do we believe what the Lord tells us? Is our faith placed in Jesus Christ? And this was her answer. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And then she called Mary. Mary came out to see him. She said the same thing. If Lord, if you'd been with us, uh, our brother would not have died. 
And the Jews followed out uh, behind Mary, thinking she was going to the grave. Instead, she was going to her master and Lord. And then we have that shortest of all verses in Scripture, the two-word verse in verse 35 of chapter 11, Jesus wept. And quite honestly, I get overwhelmed when I think of the scene. All the people gathering around, all the people weeping, all the people concerned, all the people mourning the loss of Lazarus the man. And here Christ weeps as well, cries as well. Even knowing that he was going to raise him from the dead, he was crying for the situation. He was crying for the, the pain and the grief that everyone was suffering. And the response of the Jewish leaders and the ones that were hanging around, behold how he loved him. Now, when we come to faith in Christ, it will be said of Christ, as it should be said of us, oh, how he, that is Christ, loves us. And then it should be said of us, of oh, how we love Christ. Lazarus was the brother of Martha and Mary. They lived there in Bethany. When Jesus heard of Lazarus' illness, he tarried. This was to enhance the miracle, of course. And then he performed one of the greatest miracles uh, in Scripture, and that is resurrection. Now, This Lazarus was an important person in the community. He apparently was a righteous man. And although it does not tell us he had any funds, he did have a house. And he did have sisters, and he took care of them. And that was the job of a brother. If the sisters are not married, and apparently they were not because they lived in the house with their brother then it was his job to take care of his sisters. And it didn't matter how old he got or how old they got, it was still his job to take care of the sisters because he was the man of the family. This was the apparently only brother, at least it's the only one that we have record of in Scripture, but that would be the job of the older brother as well. Uh, if there is an only brother, of course, then it's no question who it goes to. If it's several brothers, it would go to the oldest brother in the time of Christ for them to take care of the, the sisters. And it would be their job and duty as a brother to do so. Now, getting back to the story, we have Jesus there weeping. The uh, folks standing around saying, oh, how he loved him. And then verse 37, And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Well, of course, that's true. But now, Martha had already said that. Mary had already said that. These folks are just sort of catching up a little late, aren't they? 
as we used to say, they're a little slow on the uptake. Indeed, I think these Jewish leaders and standers-by, bystanders, <laughs> were slow on the uptake all the time. Verse 38, Jesus therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Now, notice the term here, groaning in himself. He was, he was, the word frustrated does not work here. That's human term. Uh, oftentimes, we are frustrated, but that's not Jesus Christ. He was not frustrated. Uh, well, then why is he groaning? Well, he sees the unbelief of, about him. Um... He sees the the um, humanity and the lack of understanding of spiritual things all around him. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in a position of groaning as well. Now, realizing that we don't have the God character that uh, that Jesus had. In other words, he was very God and very man, and so he was far more holy in his groanings than we are in ours, I can assure you. But when something happens or we see things happening around us that we have no control over, we groan. But you see, Christ had control. Christ was not caught in a surprise. He knew what was going on. He knew that his friend Lazarus had died. He was understanding of all those things because he was God. So he wasn't groaning because he felt out of control. That wasn't the reason. That's the way we humans are. He wasn't groaning because he had nothing to do, or there was nothing he could do. Uh, he was not groaning because he was surprised. Well, why was he groaning? Now, now think about it. The times that you are groaning within yourself, it's just like you have too heavy a weight to carry. I think he was groaning in his spirit on the, on the human side of life because of what he saw around him. Such lack of faith, such disbelief. Here was a grave. It was a cave, much like the hewn-out cave that Jesus' body will be placed in after crucifixion. And there was a stone that was laid upon it. In other words, there was a boulder. And this boulder, or this hewn stone, it could have been a hewn stone, it could have been hewn in a circular fashion, so they could roll it, I don't know. Often they used the tombs for more than one person, and so they would have it so that you could actually roll the stone back which is what happened uh, there at Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And you could roll that stone back and put another body in the tomb if that's what was required. And that may be the situation here. It could have been a family tomb. It could have been a, a community tomb. I don't know. But this stone lay upon it, and that was to keep predators out, keep the hyenas away, whatever, and to keep people from stumbling into the cave. 
Verse 39, Jesus said, Take take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Now that's King James stinketh. But uh, think about it. If you have never been in that situation of being around a carcass of a dead animal, perhaps, uh, you you don't understand the stench. But if you've been in the woods hunting and there's a dead animal there, or you've had to take care of a dead animal, perhaps a pet or something, and you discover the pet's body sometime after death, then you know about the smell. It's unlike anything else, any other odor uh, that you find, and it is so rancid, it uh, gets your attention and tears your your uh, very uh, sinuses out uh, as you are there. And so she's giving the truth here. Uh, and yes, it's in King James stinketh, but you get the picture. Uh, it is uh, certainly not the smell of a skunk or anything of that. That's a different smell. But it has its own unique odor, the decaying of flesh. Um, in the early days of my ministry in Central America, we would travel local airlines because the national airlines from the U.S. did not travel into the parts of Central America that I went to. There wasn't any travel trade, tourism trade, that sort of thing. And so you rode on the uh, take-a-chance airlines or stay-at-home, stay-alive airlines or one of those, and those were the nicknames we gave them. And I remember on at least two occasions being on flights where dead bodies were on the flight with us. Now, I'm not talking about in the hold, uh, in a casket, but they were in plastic body bags lying across uh, three seats in a row. And they would uh, put the um, handles up on the seats and lay the body across the three seats. And I know on one occasion, uh, the body bag did not hold the stench in. And so we're on this flight for two hours or more out of New Orleans, flying to Central America with this smell that was absolutely devastating on everybody. And the poor stewardesses would walk through and they would stand around that body bag in the front of the cabin. It was the last thing loaded on, first thing loaded off, of course. And they would spray and spray and spray some sort of odor killer. But it didn't work. It just made it more putrid. And so, I mean, I've, I've evidenced personally this sort of thing. And so I can see why Martha, who was the practical woman, who was the clean woman, who was the cooking woman, who was the housekeeping woman, I'm sure she was aware of odors and all sorts of uncleanliness. And she warns her Lord. And she was doing it out of respect. He stinks by now. It's been four days. He's been dead four days. 
in that climate, in that heat, oh my, I can only imagine. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. He reminds her, he made the promise. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Notice Christ speaks to the Father verbally, audibly, so that those around will hear him speaking with his Father. I know that you always hear me, said Christ, but because these people are here, that's the reason I'm praying to you out loud. I want them to know that you and I are working together. We are one in this action. Why do we bow our heads in a restaurant and thank the Lord for the food that we're about to partake of? Just recently I was on the road and driving back home and it was supper time. And I had another two or three hours to get home, and so I thought, I'm going to stop and eat. And so I stopped, and I ate, and got back on the road, and made it home with no problems, with a full feeling. But when I sat down in that busy restaurant, and it was busy, I noticed lots of people. Now, often I notice other people praying. They bow their heads. They thank the Lord for the food. I didn't notice that this time. doesn't mean they didn't do it. I just didn't see them at the right time. But when I bowed my head and thanked the Lord for the food, why did I do that? I can thank the Lord for the food just by sitting there. I mean, I don't have to bow my head, close my eyes, fold my hands. But I did that for people to know what I was doing. I was thanking God for the food. Now, I don't have to do that. We teach our youngsters to fold their hands or to put their hands together when they're praying. Why? Because we don't want their hands doing other things while they're praying. And yet it's a good way to do it. We tell them to close their eyes, bow their head. Why? Because we want them to think about what we're praying about. We want them to learn how to pray. Well, here, Christ was praying on purpose for a purpose. Not only did he stay in communion with his Father, which we know he did. He went out and prayed at night. He went out and prayed in the daytime. He was always in prayer. So not only was he in communion and in communication with his Father, but he also wanted the people around him to know that he was in communication with his Father. I know, I knew, and that's past tense, I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, after the prayer was over, he cried with a loud 
voice. It was a loud voice. It wasn't a little soft request. It was a command. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth was the command. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Lazarus, come forth. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.